Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. It's an amazing privilege to call God Father. And so today, what I wanted to do in the time that we had remaining is to experience God in that way. To experience, as the scriptures say, this love that he has lavished on us. So much so that we are called his children. You know, I went to this birthday party last night. This is, I'm not setting up a dad joke. I really did go to a birthday party last night. I went to a birthday party last night, and it was so cool for me to just witness, you know, the the dad uh, whose birthday it was, his his father was there, and their birthdays are two days apart. And then to see this dad with his son, and his son is at this age where he's just starting to walk. And so he's, you know, and, and all the dads in the room are getting like, you know, you know the feeling. And he's toddling around on the asphalt, on the cement. You get, you get a little bit less nervous when they move to the grass, right? Because you're like, okay, there's a little bit of cushion there. Like if the head gets bonked, like he's going to be all right. But you know, the son is like toddling around around there on on the asphalt and as I'm speaking with the dad or the dad of the dad I notice something really curious and what happens is as the little toddler is who is just learning to walk is kind of like you know he's testing out he's like oh I can it's like when you find out a car can go in reverse like I'm I can go I can do this backwards too this is amazing um and a little bit shaky there on the knees what I notice is like you know we're having grown-up talk and we're talking like this and the dad goes you know if it's getting a little bit too shaky or the father of the father goes you know like and of course, the son's okay, and he toddles and then writes himself and begins to toddle again. But I just thought, isn't that a great picture of our father? That we're all just learning to walk. We're all learning to walk, and we don't have it figured out yet. <laughs> no matter if we're one years old or 92 years old, we're just trying to figure out how to walk, how to go about being like our father. And when we toddle and we start to fall, and it will happen, that our Father is there to support that. Our Father is there to pick us up, to dust us off, and to set us on our way again. He's with us. He's right there with us. And I thought that was just such a beautiful picture of the fatherhood of God. And so that's what I want to get across to us today, that we have a good good father. I'm not going to bring anything revolutionary to you. I'm probably not going to say anything that you haven't heard before in a sermon. But the whole thing with scripture, and I believe Jesus' point here, is not that just we know that we have a father that loves us, but we have a father that we would experience that love for ourselves. And that's where it's really difficult. It's really difficult because some of us in this room, um, I'm well aware, you're all at different places with your earthly fathers. Some of you, your earthly fathers have passed away in this past year. In your journeying loss, in your journeying grief, others of you would say, I don't even know my dad. 
You know, I haven't, I've never even seen my dad before. I don't know what he looks like. He probably lives out in California or something. Others of you, you see your dad, but you don't know him. Others of you had absent fathers. Others of you had negative fathers who spoke horrible things over your lives. You'll never amount to anything. I spoke with a woman this week, and and she told me that very thing. You know, my dad used to tell me all of the time, you'll never amount to anything. You are worthless. And so it's difficult for us to experience the love of the Father sometimes because we've had portraits of fathers in our lives who were less than or just a shadow of. Or as Jesus says, if you who are evil need to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Father in heaven give you? We haven't exactly seen great examples of perfect fatherhood, have we? In fact, the Old Testament, you'd be pressed hard to find an example of a good father in the whole of the Old Testament. Search the Old Testament. Mostly in the Old Testament, you'll find examples of bad fatherhood, what not to do, how not to be. And so this thing of experiencing the love of the father because we read in 1 John 3.1, how great is the love of the Father that he's lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And I wanted to take a minute and read from Matthew 7, 7 through 12, and Luke 11, 9 through 13, which is basically the two gospels getting at the same story from different angles. And I wanted to take a minute and read through those stories with you And then see what we could pull from it. And see what we could experience in it, in the passage. So I'll read Matthew 7. And the words aren't going to be on the screen. You don't need to do anything. If you wanted to follow along in your Bible, you're welcome to. But the goal here this morning is to experience the love of the Father. You might want to close your eyes. Just take a breath and center. And these are the words of Jesus. I'll read Matthew first and then Luke. Matthew 7, 7 through 12. Jesus says, Ask, and you will receive. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Who among you will give your children a stone when they ask for bread? Or give them a snake when they ask for fish? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, You should treat people in the same way that you want people to treat you. This is the law and the prophets. Here's Luke 11. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find, Jesus says. Knock and the door will be opened to you. 
Everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. To everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Which father among you would give a snake to your child if the child asked for a fish? If a child asked for an egg, what father would give that child a scorpion? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, there's a lot that we could pull from this, and a lot you've probably heard about this passage or these passages before. We could hear things about, well, we're called to ask. When we pray, we need to ask. And when we ask, we need to be specific. And furthermore, we shouldn't be shameful about asking anything of the Father because the Father loves to give. And these are all true. That's the point, is that the Father is generous by nature. There's a generosity who, that is God. He can't help but be generous to us. And so there's an encouragement for us to ask. Because when we ask, he knows what we need, scriptures say, before we even have to ask, he knows. We could hear lots about being specific about what we ask for. We could hear uh, and have probably heard about he loves to give. He loves to give, and he keeps on giving, 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 always giving. Gosh, stop it already, God. It's hard for us to receive. When we've seen an earthly picture of who Father should be, and that earthly picture is tarnished. He says it right there. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? You, know, you think of Romans and Paul and Romans saying, we've all fallen short. You might say, I had a pretty good father. You know, he was pretty good. He, um, he didn't show much affection, you know, the, the World War II and post-World War II generation. He, didn't, he never really said, I love you, but he provided for us. And that's what a father should be, you know. The, a father should provide for his children. And he did that, but I never heard the words, I love you. Do you see, even if the father, our earthly father is good or tries to be good, Jesus says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one who's righteous. And if Sarah were up here, she would say, amen, and I'm not a man that I should lie. (laughs) I don't have the luxury to say that. But there's not one who's righteous. There's not one who is good. And that's what Jesus is saying here, is that this father, who he's referring to, is nothing like your earthly father. This father, you can ask and you can knock on the door as much as you want, and he will never be annoyed with you for asking. You can knock on the door, knock, knock, knock as much as you want, and there will never be a time where you come to this Father in prayer or in need, and this Father turn you away. Or say, I don't have time for you today, son, daughter. I'm busy with work right now. 
you know, I'm busy doing all of this thing of like sustaining all life on the planet. I don't really have time for your needs. Like you will never come to a point with God where he says that to you. Isn't that amazing about who God our Father is? It's so amazing. He's so generous with us. Paul even goes so far as to give this father an even more intimate name in Scripture. The Greek word is Abba. And many folks who study Yahweh, again, many folks who are smarter than I am, see this as a direct correlation between the first words that Jewish children form from their lips. It's very... It's very guttural. As you hear the sounds of children in the room, yeah, it's very guttural. It's ah, 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 Abba. You know, it's simple. It's from the heart. How many dads remember the first time their children said the words dad or daddy? You'll never forget it. Dada. There it is. Dada. Yep. Abba is this intimate way that Paul uses in Romans 8.15. Check it out. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Daddy. This is who our Father is. And you know, the NIV um, falls a little bit short here. I read from the ESV. uh, The New American Standard Translation keeps it OG as well. um, To say sonship there. Or you are the sons of God. And what the NIV is trying to do is trying to be gender inclusive when they talk about you are all children of God. But I want to draw your attention um, to the reason why Paul mentioned sonship. Or you are called sons of God. This adoption feature. And the reason that he does that. And the NIV is great. And you know, you love the heart and seeing the gender inclusiveness there. But the reason behind why Paul in the New American Standard in the ESV is specific to sons is because Paul wants us here in Cleveland, Ohio, thousands of years later to know that back then it was all about the firstborn son. And so he's talking to men and women using the sonship language. And he's saying everything that the father has like in Jewish times, first century, is given to the firstborn male son. And he's saying that in the context of our father, everything that he has, he spared nothing, even giving, you know, John 3.16, he gave his only begotten son, the firstborn, the only born, Everything that the Father has is given to Jesus. He's the firstborn, the only born. Everything that Jesus has is given to us as the Son, sons of God. 
But Paul's talking to everybody, so men, women, and children get in on this. It's not that Paul is being harsh and not inclusive of women. He's saying you all, this is how God sees you all. You are all firstborn. Uh, in, other, in other passages, we're told that we're given the right to be called sons and daughters. This deep love of the Father is what I want us to experience today. Today. 